Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. For those of you who are listening on an audio-only platform, the clip I just played was of Francis chastising a young altar boy for having his hands clasped together the way altar boys are supposed to do just prior to the Mass. In other words, an altar boy was doing his job and doing it well, and he received a jovial dressing down from Francis right in front of news cameras for his trouble. This clip came to my attention late on December 23rd, so I guess Francis was addressing this massive problem with his altar boys and the true spirit of Advent and Christmas. Some things will never cease to amaze me, and one of those things is the open hostility to piety coming from Francis. That is truly an astonishing thing to behold, especially at Christmas. All too often, we get reports of Francis saying bizarre things that undermine the belief in the Catholic faith, and we all pay attention to those attacks on the faith out of shock and awe, sort of like watching a train wreck unfold in real time in front of you. But also, we see this sort of madness on full display too, and only too rarely does footage of this craziness come to light, so it gets relegated to the level of secondhand reports and rumors. Just see the Scalfari interviews as a, the prime example of such a thing. But all the same, Francis often attacks the piousness we would expect out of those either who either say the Mass or those who practice the faith as it has always been practiced. Why does he do this? There's a simple question being openly asked now, and it's not unrelated. Does Francis reject the Great Commission? Let's get into this uncomfortable question on the day after Christmas. In the Gospels of St. Matthew and St. Mark, our Lord gives us the famous Great Commission. Teach ye all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all days, even unto the consummation of the world. Go ye into the whole world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth shall not be condemned. End quote. This command is unambiguous. We are to spread the gospel, no matter the cost, and we are to do it to every person on earth. Catholics have believed this since the days of the Acts of the Apostles, and the Catholic Church has been the unequivocal leader in the spreading of the gospel through the missionary efforts of saintly men and women who took the Great Commission to heart. They made it their driving purpose in life. Why did they do this? Because at the most basic level, they understood that there is no salvation outside the Catholic Church. None. They understood this. And out of the great love for our Lord, and out of great love of people everywhere, they went to the most dangerous and remote reaches of the earth to spread the gospel, to win converts for Jesus Christ. We often hear today about how we must love people in far-off lands, and that the best way to do so is to send money to NGOs to do various materialistic works in those countries. And in some cases, that's perfectly fine. But the greatest love we can show people in far-off lands, or even right next door to us, is to help them know Christ and to receive the sacraments validly. Yet today that recognition is under attack by the spirit of religious indifferentism, and maybe even hostility to the faith coming from the very highest offices of the church. 
at the most basic level that every Catholic can live up to in our daily lives, is the call to live the faith publicly every single day. This rather obvious part of the faith has come under attack recently by Francis in an episode I'm sure you may have heard about, at least in passing, when a former Italian soccer star was convinced not to make the sign of the cross on the field by Francis directly. If you haven't heard about this, don't worry, I'll quote the article that I found from Gloria TV for some context. Quote, Francis convinced the former football player and current manager of Italy's national team, Roberto Mancini, age 57, not to make the sign of the cross on the football field. Mancini told Italian television. Mancini told TG5 that he is a lifelong Catholic and that he was lucky to grow up next to a parish. My life was school, house, and parish. To the question whether it happens that he prays on the pitch, Mancini quickly replied, No, on the pitch, not. Many make the sign of the cross, a slightly surprised reporter interjects, and Mancini explains. I used to do that too, you know, hoping nothing happened during the game. Then we went to the Pope. Pope Francis said, Why are you making the sign of the cross? Don't you have other thoughts in this moment? So since that time, I don't do it anymore. I don't want the Pope to get angry. End quote. So there you go. Francis gets angry when people make the sign of the cross in public but especially high-profile figures when millions are almost certainly watching. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? Don't you have other thoughts at the moment? And the appropriate retort to anyone else would be, well, yes, but I spare a moment for our blessed Lord, for through him all things are possible. But no, especially not to the presumed pontiff. After all, why take the risk of angering him? But it gets better because Bishop Thomas Tobin, the good Bishop Tobin, Tobin said the following on his Twitter account, quote, Pope Francis recently told Italian soccer players not to make the sign of the cross during their games. I'm sure the Pope is trying to discourage any appeal to magic or superstition. But if the sign of the cross is a sincere prayer asking for God's help or blessing, why not? End quote. Trying to discourage appeals to magic or superstition. What does that even mean? The sign of the cross is neither magic nor superstition. And if you're like me and you take Sister Lucia's Fatima warning seriously... The sign of the cross will be one of the weapons left for us during the Great Chastisement, the other being the Holy Rosary. And remember, Bishop Thomas Tobin is the better of the Tobins. Yeesh. But as others have pointed out, Francis doesn't make the sign of the cross publicly much anymore. Save for during Masses, he says, because it's actually required as part of the Mass to give the sign of the cross. Why has he stopped doing this? I couldn't tell you, since I lack the charism of reading his mind or his heart but it is disturbing to know that the world sees him rejecting the external signs of the faith. Earlier this week, I made a passing reference to Francis telling schoolchildren to not spread the gospel, and I think that story is related to this. Francis rep repeated to schoolchildren a black legend about Charlemagne attempting to forcibly convert Muslims in Spain, a claim that is only partially true, and one that has been used by Protestants, Muslims, and conversos as a cudgel against the church for centuries. In truth, Charlemagne was repudiated for this by leading churchmen of his day, including his own spiritual advisor. Given that Charlemagne was the most powerful lay figure in the West at the time, this repudiation is extremely meaningful and not to be overlooked. Yet Francis repeated this to schoolchildren, implying that any positive attempt made to convert non-Christians to the faith was a form of coercion. I'll turn to LifeSite for some context on the story. Quote, the Pope's remarks came during a visit with students at Rome's Pilo Albertelli uh, Classical Secondary School on Friday, December 20th. According to Avenir, the official newspaper of the Italian Bishops' Conference, school administrators have sought to help students understand the many issues involved in the inclusion of the thousands of those arriving in Italy who reportedly fleeing war, poverty, and famine. 
the Pope's visit preceded a December 21st day-long series at the School on Migration. Pope Francis is strident in his opposition to the verbal communication of Christianity. I have to live in accordance with my faith, and it will be my testimony that will awaken the curiosity of the other who says, but why do you do this? And that's where I can talk. But listen, never ever advance the gospel through proselytism. If someone says he is a disciple of Jesus and comes to you with proselytism, he is not a disciple of Jesus. We shouldn't proselytize. The church does not grow from proselytizing. End quote. A theologian LifeSite contacted for this piece said that Francis's command for us addressing non-believers appears to be, quote, Instead of converting non-believers, Pope Francis insists that our message to the non-believer should be, Be consistent in your faith, and that consistency is what will make you mature. End quote. Maturity is prized here, not knowing Christ. That's unthinkable in the history of the church. But given that the men who run the church are now obsessed with secularism and global politics, this isn't that surprising. But what we are seeing here is a scourge of religious indifferentism, or the belief that what faith you belong to isn't that important as long as you hold to a faith. Truly astonishing. Pope Benedict XVI described this in one of the last public addresses he would make just a few short months before his resignation. Quote, A particularly dangerous phenomenon for faith has arisen in our times. Indeed, a form of atheism exists which we define precisely as practical, in which the truths of faith or religious rights are not denied but are merely deemed irrelevant to daily life, detached from life, pointless. So it is that people often believe in God in a superficial manner, and live as though God did not exist. In the end, however, this way of life proves even more destructive because it leads to indifference to faith and to the question of God. End quote. Am I accusing Francis of being an atheist? No. Like I said, I can't read his soul. There is an underlying issue that runs clear through this papacy, and that is materialism. The focus has been almost entirely on materialism under the guise of mercy. After all, why should we deny the Eucharist to the civilly divorced and remarried when Christ preached mercy, right? Why shouldn't we just let anyone who wants to come into wealthy countries into our homelands with no thought to the consequences? Why shouldn't we continue to push a permanent revolution in the church to make things more comfortable and less challenging to the world? Why shouldn't we just submit to the project of the UN and other NGOs that want to create an integrated world ruled by technocrats? All this is in the name of mercy, and all of it requires that sort of religious indifference that Benedict spoke about. Under this view, religion becomes more of a set of principles rather than the only sure roadmap to salvation. That should be disturbing to anyone and everyone, but unfortunately we see everyday Catholics buying into this. You need to look no further than the bishops pushing Packy Mommy onto the faithful. And many of the faithful actually believing that lie that veneration of Packy Mommy is in full keeping with the Catholic faith. The most disturbing part of this is that it's coming at Christmas. If you're wondering why the only day I took off from this was Christmas Day, it's because the attacks on the faith from the various highest officials came at this sacred time of year. I can only wonder what Lent and Easter will look like. I guess we'll see soon enough. Anyway, please keep praying for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.